it's crazy for me to sit here and say that I made almost my full corporate salary in a month. You're listening to episode number 94 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes are released only on Self-Care Sundays, and we talk about everything from mental health to entrepreneurship, social media, and of course, self-care in the digital age. In today's episode, we're talking with your girl Carly. So Carly is one of the influencers that I manage, and if you don't already follow her, I highly suggest going to check her out on TikTok and on Instagram at your girl Carly. She's also the host of the Hey Bitches podcast, which is an award-nominated show that talks about sex, wellness, and dating. And she's now also the owner and founder of a new size-inclusive clothing brand called Confidence Club. Carly has been hustling and creating content for years, and in December of 2019, she had one video go viral on TikTok that completely changed her life. Don't get us wrong, she is not an overnight success. She has been building this empire for around six years now, and it took all of that knowledge and marketing and expertise leading up to that viral video that led her to be able to capitalize on that moment and now shift into being a full-time influencer over the past few months. So ever since Carly and I have started working together, she has been raking in five-figure brand deals, she's tripled her corporate salary, and aside from all of these things, she's doing it with a purpose. All of her content, her clothing line, there is meaning and purpose behind everything she does, and so in today's episode, we are talking about how she went from fired to full-time influencer, why she decided to return to university after dropping out, and how she started her clothing line Confidence Club. Carly's also going to be a speaker at our next Daydreamers Collective workshop happening November 6th and 7th. It is all about money, taxes, monetizing your influence, how to create different revenue streams to monetize your content, and basically more in depth of how she makes money as an influencer from brand deals to creating her own merch line. I'm also going to be speaking, Nikki Tai will be speaking, and we have a certified financial planner um, who's also coming in to do a workshop answering all of your questions about money. So if that's something you want to learn more about, or if you are in Calgary and want to attend the in-person three-course formal dinner that we have catered by Chef Garrett Mitchell and Foodworks, um, that is going to be on November 7th. It is going to be basically a roundtable discussion about money, wealth inequality, kind of the taboo things that people don't like to talk about in this industry, but being transparent about rates and negotiating and all of these things is so, so, so important for creating industry, industry standards and for empowering women to go out and actually make the money that they're worthy of making, which is basically my end goal with the agency to prop up other women, to help women learn negotiating skills, to negotiate on behalf of women influencers and content creators that I really truly believe in and help them earn a more sustainable income uh, as an influencer or content creator. So anyways, all of that to say, if you are interested in either the digital or in-person versions of this upcoming workshop, the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get into today's episode. 
Okay, Carly, it has been a while since our last episode. So why don't you start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your journey in, I guess, like how you became an influencer, just as a quick recap for anybody who hasn't heard your last episode. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm Carly. (laughs) I am a full-time influencer and content creator. That is like a new thing as of this year. And so the background on all of that is so I started out as a blogger six years ago. Um, I worked in sports marketing. I cheered in the CFL. And at the time, I was dead set on going to musical theater school. I got rejected from musical theater school. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? So my first year of my blog was just documenting like how I was traveling through life as like an 18-year-old who got rejected from her like dream career. And then as things went on, I got into marketing school and kept up with my blog and then got introduced to the idea of being an influencer. That went on for a couple years. I ended up working in a bunch of really cool jobs. I ran the social media for West Edmonton Mall. I used to work for a parkour company. I've worked in real estate, all of that. A lot of like I guess non-traditional jobs, they feel so traditional to me because it's like my life. But I mean, for me at the same time, like I was working on the radio as like a 15, 16 year old. And that seems like forever ago. Like, I guess that was almost 10 years ago for me. Yeah, I'm like, that's forever ago. (laughs) We're old now. (laughs) I know. But I also like, I also failed to remember that like not everybody's childhood was like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I had that as like a really good traditional like foundational start. And Mm -hmm. then two years ago, coming up on two years ago, I lost my job in May. Um, I was fired and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And I think I kind of took that as a sign to be like, I'm going to figure it out. Previous to that, I had dropped out of university for nine months or three, what is that? Two semesters. So basically a full year of school to basically do like influencer stuff semi full-time. So I was working full-time, but then all of my free time, instead of doing school, I did influencer stuff. Being an influencer on top of having a full-time job and being in a full-time career is a a lot, lot. like a lot, a lot. Like there were points in my life where I was working two jobs in the influencer career and in school full-time. So that was (laughs) a, a wild ride. But I lost my job and I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this full time. And so I hustled for it. I went to a bunch of events. I went to VidCon. I met a bunch of incredible people. And then I ended up getting a job at the end of the year. So basically like this time last year, I was actually still employed by a like a traditional company. But I worked there part time while I was finishing my degree because I only had one semester left because I did go back to school. But then in January, I lost my job again. And uh, I I guess that just really shows like I'm not a great employee. I'm a great entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I lost my job again. And this time I was like, you know what? Like I am absolutely doing this 100% full time. I was really lucky that I had seen a lot of social media growth on my channels, specifically TikTok. And I was like, you know what? I'm doing this full, full time. So over the course of this year, um, me and Kaylee and a bunch of our other friends, we actually went to New York in February for fashion week this year, which was my first ever fashion week, which was really lucky for me. In April, I ended up unintentionally launching a clothing line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I continued on like my social media stuff. I still have the podcast, all of that. 
And then last Sunday, so the 18th, I launched my official, like, my own clothing line. I guess we probably will talk about that later in the the episode. But I did that. Uh, Me and Kaylee started working together on, like, an actual professional level in April. And then from there, I was able to hire a team of two, which I love. And now I'm just... I'm just chilling, drinking champagne in my home office, dreaming about cinnamon roll mug cakes. I should have grabbed my champagne before this interview. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Um, So your life has been an absolute whirlwind and there's so many things I want to dive into. I think the first is around university because I've actually interviewed, I think, two or three people who are university dropouts uh, and just decided to pursue entrepreneurial paths or, you know, got experience in social media or marketing and they didn't actually end up needing their degree and they don't regret dropping out. And so my first question is around why you decided to go back to school when, In this industry, you don't really need it. So like what was your motivation there? Okay. So in the long run, I did need it and I will get into that. But first things first about all of that is I ended up dropping out of school in my second and a half year. So I was already basically more than 50% done my degree. And I feel like if I was in my second semester of my first year and I dropped out, I wouldn't have gone back. Mm -hmm. But I literally had like – two and a half years. So I only had one and a half years left, which is three semesters. Right. <laughs> so I was like, three semesters is not that long of a time to finish this degree that because with the break took me five years to finish. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back because I was already too far in. I had spent all the money. <laughs> like, I I was just too far in the process and looking back on it, it was very much a blessing in disguise because I know there's people who drop out who will never need their college degree again, ever. But in my case, what I have been doing and the the route, the route, whatever it is (laughs) that I chose to go back into when I got back into university has helped me tenfold than if I would have dropped out and stayed dropped out from when I did drop out originally. So when I went back to school, I, for those of you, I guess I didn't really tell anybody. (laughs) I have a bachelor of commerce with a major in marketing and a minor in legal business studies. So when I went back to school, I only had a major in marketing. That was it. I was like, marketing is what I want to do. But then when I dropped out, I was like, I could do marketing on my own. And so then I was back in it kind of miserable because I was like, I already at this time I worked in my career field in, in like a job that like marketing graduates get because I was already so knowledgeable and like good at what I did. And so I was like, okay, well, this kind of sucks. But then as my last year rolled around, I had all of these extra credits. So you have like open electives or you have business electives or non-business electives. And so I really just had open and business electives left. And I was like, what am I going to take? I hate accounting. I failed like first level accounting three times. I was like, (laughs) I'm never, ever, ever doing accounting again. So I was like, there's no way in hell that I am doing accounting as an option I don't want to do supply chain, don't really care about HR, like what am I going to do? So then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to take this class, legal in the workplace, and see how it is because it counts as an elective. And I was like, okay, cool. 
I took this law in the workplace class, very informative because also as soon as I finished this class is when I lost my job. (laughs) So I was like, you know, very meticulous on understanding my rights. So I was like, this is awesome. And then from there, I ended up declaring my minor in legal business studies. But for me, my emphasis is on intellectual property law. So this, I think, surprises a lot of people because they only know me as an influencer. And then I, like, whip out my professional, like, career history and my, you know, the fact that I have a minor basically in intellectual property law and all of this. And people are like, oh, my God, wait, what? And I think that (laughs) I I know things. Um, But I think that – going back to school, if I hadn't gone back to school, I wouldn't have done any of that. And all of that has really, really benefited me in the long run in terms of campaigns, understanding contracts, understanding what licensing is, knowing my rights, knowing what force majeure is and how to, (laughs) you know, interpret it in 2020 and all this. So, That was really incredible for me because something that I also had to do, which I was really lucky that I got to actually write my intellectual property law to class, we had, um, instead of a final, we wrote a final paper. And so my final paper was on podcast um, intellectual property infringement because it literally was an issue that I was dealing with where a podcast Mm. had named their podcast the same as my podcast and like basically talked about the same thing. So I had to like know how to deal with that. And I feel like if I wasn't in literal like law classes at the time, I would have had no idea what to do. I would have to hire a lawyer, which is expensive, and then figure out how to do all that. Instead, I was able to do it on my own and then also write my final paper on it, which was like killing two birds in one stone. So to answer your question, university has been an incredible asset for me. And it like pains me to say it because I want to be that (laughs) who's like, oh my God, like we don't need university, like follow your like drop out. Like, I mean, it's expensive to go to school, but at the end of the day, it was actually very valuable to me and very valuable to my business and my brand, especially too, when it came to confidence club, which is my clothing line, I had to apply for a business loan, but I also had to send them my pitch deck and my business plan. And I had to forecast over two years. And if I hadn't spent like six painstaking MGTS Excel management classes (laughs) in my degree, I wouldn't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I really think it's an individualistic thing, honestly, because if you want to be an influencer, you can learn those things. If you want to be a business owner it is pretty beneficial to have a degree and an understanding. Even if some of the stuff is outdated, it's on more so of a traditional level where a lot of the people who you probably will be dealing with are educated at the traditional level. Mm -hmm. So if you can like come in here and be like, this product is a star, this product is a cow, this product is a da-da-da, you know, there's people who are listening to this podcast that are like, I have no idea what you're saying and why that's important. But if you're in business school, you're like, oh my God, marketing 301, this is coming yeah. back to my head right now. So it, it lets me, I guess, speak the language with people that I want to be in the rooms with. 
I love that. I think that's such a great way of looking at it because I've talked about this on the podcast many times, like so many things that universities are teaching are outdated. And if you want to be in a digital industry, if you want to be a content creator or work in this space, you absolutely don't need a degree and to be learning from a textbook that hasn't been updated with anything relevant in what's happening on these platforms. But what you just said of learning the language of the the people that you want to be in the rooms with, that is so smart because I think especially for women who we are oftentimes taken less seriously, A, as business owners, and B, are oftentimes given less opportunities for things like funding, an industry that is dominated by men. It is so important to educate yourself, whether that's through university or through other means, so that you can show up to networking events or to conferences or, you know, email somebody and understand how they want to be approached um, to better build those relationships. So chef's kiss. We love it. (laughs) (laughs) My next question is around Confidence Club. So you had a pretty like wild quote-unquote overnight success moment on TikTok in the past year. And it's crazy to think that it hasn't even been a year yet. That's crazy. Um, I, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode. I don't even think you would any of this would have I wouldn't happened. have had TikTok back then. Yeah. So <laughs> you went from posting on TikTok to, you know, a fairly small-ish audience, a few hundred, maybe a couple thousand, I don't remember, um, for a few months and, you know, hadn't really gotten any traction. And then at one point, was it December last year? December 10th. (laughs) December 10th, that one of your videos went viral and in a way acted as a domino effect to creating this like quote unquote overnight success, even though I don't really believe in that. And especially knowing the behind the scenes of how much you worked towards, you know, building that momentum and learning from that content. But anyways, it looked from an outside perspective, like you had this overnight success on TikTok, which then led you to starting Confidence Club. So tell us maybe a little bit about, um, why you started Confidence Club and how that came from this TikTok success. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of TikTok, that was crazy because like I said, December 10th is my new business anniversary. I've coined it, even though I've been in business for like six years, but I'm, I I literally am, I guess, giving that date so much significance because it's really the day that changed my life. So December 10th is when I went from having, I think at the time, like, 3,000, maybe 4,000 followers on TikTok to having 80,000 followers on TikTok overnight, (laughs) like in less than 24 hours. And I was like, what? And so that completely, you know, changed my life and allows me to do what I'm doing now. But it's funny because now that I own the clothing line and I will get into that, something that I also wanted to bring up about university (laughs) is that in when I was in university, in the program that I was in, so I have a Bachelor of Commerce with a a major in marketing, but all of the business students have to take this class called Business 201, where you simulate owning a small business. Mm -hmm. And it's your first year. You have no idea what's going on. You've never, you've only taken the first level, maybe, of all of your, like, you know, your marketing, your accounting, your HR, your, any of it. The first, like, basic, basic level. You got into groups and your group created a product and then you actually sold for money, for real money, for oh, wow. the the amount of the semester. 
And then at the end of the semester, there were three businesses that were top. And then these six businesses from both of the semesters would pitch like a dragon's den style to real investors at the end of the year. And there would be actual money to fund your startup in your first year of university. So for me, my business that I started in my first year of university was in this top three. So we pitched to these investors. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't a business that I could see myself carrying out with ever. (laughs) So we didn't really take it that seriously. I took, I did the whole thing seriously, but I didn't want to continue with the business that we started. So it was really interesting to like see how that worked and get that foundational elements to be able to, I guess, in hindsight now be able to do what I do. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of my first real taste of entrepreneurism is doing that in school. Now, going back to TikTok and all of that, basically, so I blew up overnight. Um, At that time, I had like five years of actual tangible knowledge behind me, but I blew up on TikTok overnight. And then in April, I had, I think maybe like 100K, maybe. And I was like, how would you guys feel about merch? I literally just put a video out and I was like, how would you feel about merch? And the comments, like, I think that video has like 800 comments because people were like, put it out. I was like, okay. And so for me, if you guys like have absolutely no idea who I am, (laughs) um, the kind of content that I create on social media is self-confidence, body confidence, you know, being 100% okay with the person that you are in the moment that you are. I talk about a lot of, you know, manifestation stuff having like good attitudes and gratefulness and all of this when it comes to anything in your life. So basically I talk about a lot of like positive things. I like to bring a lot of good vibes onto the internet. I also, don't get me wrong, I'm 100% honest and a lot of people sometimes don't like that. But at the end of the day, that's who I am and I'm a firm believer that the right people will be in your life and the wrong people won't. So in April, I was like, hey, like, would you guys be interested in merch? And everybody was like, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. So for me, I never thought that merch with people's faces on it were attractive. Mm -hmm. Like, I just didn't want to wear somebody else's face on my sweater. If it's like, if I'm going to wear anybody's face, it's going to be mine. (laughs) Like, so I was like, okay, I don't really want to do that. So I was like, what else can I do? And so at the time, I was, I guess in hindsight also organically building the hashtag confidence club. So this hashtag has like 7 million views now overall amassed. And I took that hashtag and ran. I think when I found it, it had maybe like 2000 views total. And so I was like, this is it. This is what it's going to be. Like we are a confidence club. And so for me, I was like, what am I going to do? Size inclusivity was a big thing for me because that's also something that I noticed a lot of creators lacking in. They literally only would carry up to like a 2X, which sounds inclusive, but it's not. Like there's so many other people with larger bodies that get unfairly represented across literally everything, like everything. And I was like, I really can't show up as this person who advocates body confidence and body positivity and self-confidence and only have a line that goes up to extra large. Like these people would crucify me. And it's not even like, I guess, yes, that's a business perspective, but that's also one of the values that I have because for me, like, I mean, I'm plus sized. My mom is plus sized. Like it just wouldn't make sense 
to not offer it. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? So then I had to research and research and research and come up with logos and ideas. And eventually I landed on these collegiate kind of sweaters. And so unknowingly on TikTok, I also had become the queen of sweatpants and crop tops. (laughs) I literally like, it's just my style. Like I'm very athleisure. So, so many people were like, sweatpant crop top queen. And I was like, okay. And then it was really cool because I saw people starting to wear crop tops more and tagging me in their, you know, comments or descriptions being like, I'm feeling so much more confident watching Carly do this, that Mm -hmm. I'm now wearing a crop top or I'm now wearing, you know, this cropped sweater that shows this little bit of my stomach that I hated about myself for 18 years or something, you know, like, and so I was like, oh my God, this is making people feel incredible about themselves, which is what I always want. And so I was like, okay. So I decided to do sweaters and they have this like collegiate font on them because I wanted everybody to feel like we're on the same team. So this is like a lot of psychology kind of stuff. This is also a a quick like, I guess, thing that a lot of people maybe don't know as to why my username everywhere is your girl Carly is that's also a psychology thing because I want anybody, anytime anybody refers to me, I want them to be like, oh, my girl Carly, even though that's not my handle. And it's so funny because everybody does that. (laughs) How am I going to introduce – like Carly is my friend. Like this is like your – this is like my girl Carly. And like that's how I – that's how I treat my social media. But I was like, okay, like I want to carry that same type of energy into Confidence Club. And at the time too, like it wasn't like even a brand. It was literally just like my merch that said it – said Confidence Club on it. So I had it all in this collegiate font because I I was like, we're all on the same team. Like I wanted to like, I wanted to just be, if we went to university and we were all on like the swim team or like the football team or something and we all got those matching team gears, like the sweaters and all of that to identify that we were all part of something bigger than us. So that's how I got the idea for the sweaters. And I offered those in small to 5X. I did them pre-sale. They did incredible. I was so surprised and very overwhelmed because quickly did I learn that hand shipping out everything is a pain in the ass (laughs) and very hard to do. But it was a really cool learning experience for me. And now I own Confidence Club officially. It's like an actual official brand and company. And basically for me, I produce pieces that traditional retailers won't. Like, I think that a lot of people think that size inclusivity exists because they see plus size stores. But at the end of the day, that's not what size inclusivity means. It's like being able to walk into a store as a medium sized person and finding this exact pink crop top and then walking into a store as a 4X person and finding that exact same pink crop top in your size. Mm. Being able to have a full run of sizes because there is a full run size of bodies. And a lot of like people just don't offer that. Like only like uh, so many brands, like all of our favorite brands probably only go up to like an XL. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not having that. So (laughs) what I did is I got everything manufactured. So I literally had to send in patterns and sizing. I had to size grade. I had to pattern draft. Like I didn't know how to do any of that. I, on a whim, applied for Parsons Fashion School. Like I literally did everything that I could figure out on how to create a line that was 
size inclusive and served everybody. And now I'm really lucky that, you know, last Sunday I launched the brand. We have three different um, colors in sweatsuits. They are size small to 5X. Um, the whole reason that I really did start doing it that way too is plus size sweatpants that aren't ugly are so hard to find. And I was like, I can't even call myself a queen of athleisure if I'm not having a sweatpant in this whole situation. So that's kind of what <laughs> sparked it all. But I guess that's like the origin story of how Confidence Club came to be. Mm-hmm. I love it. You're so inspiring. And I want to talk more about kind of that jump into being a business owner and a full-time influencer because that really only happened this year. And I love that you prefaced this whole conversation with how long you've been in this industry. Like you've been blogging for like so many years. You've been a content creator, you know, since before any of this happened. And it's really easy, I think, now with how quickly things are and how easy it is to go viral on TikTok. Like people just want things to happen immediately and are oftentimes not as patient as we need to be as business owners trying to build our own brands and lives and careers. Um, These things do take time. And so I'd love to know like, How did you know that it was the right time to finally go full-time into this? You know, you've had like multiple quote-unquote corporate or like real jobs, I guess, before, (laughs) Um, but only this year were you able to like take that leap after years of building all of this up. So how did you know like it was the right moment and how did you feel confident in, in making that leap? I think that I, I mean, I'm the biggest believer in divine timing. So for me, I actually talked about this on my own podcast recently about how when I was on Kaylee's podcast for the first time, it's funny because I listen back to that sometimes and Kaylee is like, Carly, whatever you say, you say it as like an I am like type of statement. You're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be full-time. I'm going to be da-da-da. And at the time that we recorded that podcast, I'm pretty sure I was still self or I was still like working for a corporate job and all of that. But I just knew deep down that that's what I wanted. And so I'm just, I don't know, I'm a big believer in divine timing and also doing it before you're ready. And I think that for me, doing it before you're ready was very much so my case because I got fired from both of my jobs. Like I didn't get to like gracefully leave. (laughs) It was just like, you're gone. And then at that point I was like, fight or flight really. And I could have reapplied and probably gotten another great marketing job and worked there for a little bit and then got miserable and realized I wanted to work for myself, but it just felt like the right move. And I have, I'm very lucky that I have this huge support system of people around me that believe in me and what I do. And I think that everybody kind of just recognized at the time too that it was time for me to do it. Like I think I told – Kaylee also has been like my number one supporter about going full-time for a while now (laughs) because I think that, you know, it's really valuable if your friends see you as being able to be this incredible like kind of person who is an entrepreneur or works for themselves or X, Y, Z – then a lot of the time the only person who doesn't see it is you because you're like the biggest self-doubter of yourself. But so many of my friends were like, Carly, you could do it. And I was like, 
all right, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I didn't give myself timelines or anything like that. I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And I just know it's going to work out. And then if it's not the right time for me, I'll also know it's not the right time for me. And so far it's been the absolute correct timing for me. And I think that's incredible. But I think that the biggest thing is, is you'll never be ready ever. You could have $50,000 in your savings account (laughs) and you could be like, oh, am I going to quit my job? (laughs) Because I mean, literally going left when everybody else is going right is so scary. And, you know, financial security is a big, big thing as to why a lot of people don't pursue their passions. But sometimes you just got to take the whole leap. I'm very lucky too because, I mean, I live at home, so I don't have a lot of expenses. And so that is definitely something that aided in me, like, making a full-time transition. But I guess to answer your question, like, the biggest thing is to start before you're ready because when you're ready, probably what you wanted to do has passed its point of the perfect time for you to get into it. Mm-hmm. And you touched on uh, financial stability, which is actually one of the topics in our upcoming workshop. So yes. Harley is going to be speaking at the next Daydreamers Collective event in Calgary. There will also be digital replay tickets, but she's going to be sharing a little bit more in depth around different revenue streams that you can have as a content creator from producing a merch line to brand sponsorships. And I think what's particularly inspiring about you Carly is that yes you had a big you know overnight viral moment on TikTok but for example on Instagram you're still considered a micro influencer with around 20,000 followers and you are now more financially secure I guess you could say in the sense of like more money coming in than you were with your corporate job or your last jobs, I guess. So I think that's kind of always like the goal of anybody who is trying to do this full time is to get to a point where you're making two or three times more money than you were at your old job. And you've gotten there, which is exactly why we're excited to have you on the next panel. No, I'm I'm very excited about that. And I'm very lucky to sit here and say I tripled my corporate salary in under a year. Like that is nuts. Like I, it's crazy for me to sit here and say that I made almost my full corporate salary in a month. Insane. That's insane. insane. That's insane. (laughs) It's such a great um, like source of inspiration. I think like for myself, for other content creators, micro influencers, um, people who want to be doing this full time, like yes, Carly got lucky in a sense, but Mm -hmm. there's no, there's nothing saying you can't also have those same moments of luck that you can't create your own luck, that you can't be out there creating your own merch line or doing whatever it is that you want to do to monetize your creativity and influence. Like there is so much room for, um, I think women to be making more money in this industry Mm -hmm. because unfortunately it is a female dominated industry. And with that comes a lot of stereotypes around money and, you know, not always asking for what we deserve, not always knowing how to value ourselves. So all of that to lead into 
the Next Day Dreamers workshop, which is linked in the show notes. And before I let you go, Carly, I want to ask one more question, which is if you could have a conversation with yourself from, let's say, a year ago when you were last on the podcast or two years ago, um, before you were a business owner, before you were making like big, big brand deals, what would you tell yourself then? I honestly think that I would tell myself to keep doing exactly what I was doing, but be a little more consistent. Mm. (laughs) Consistency is, I think, something that we all struggle with. Like, And for me too, I have five platforms that I tend to every day of every week. And I mean, that's a lot. It's hard to be consistent on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, the podcast, your brand, like all of that. But I do it. And I think if I was more consistent, even in the years leading up to where I'm at, I've been doing this for six years now. I feel like if I was more consistent, maybe I could have been here in three years. Maybe I could have been here in two years. But consistency, I feel like everybody preaches consistency, but it's so true. Like you got to be consistent. Get yourself some good systems to get to where you are. Sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you have to sacrifice things. But if I were talking to myself even a year ago today, I would literally be like, keep doing what you're doing, but be consistent with it every single day. Because you could be where you're at now in present tense, Carly, or even better. Mm -hmm. Great advice. Thank you so much, Carly. 